Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Six Rings King Show on a new night, Monday night now, baby. We're really excited, actually, to have Eric McLean on the show here, college football analyst, co-host of the Huddle. Coach, yes, all right. First touchdown of the year. Bobby Hurricane, yeah. You know the name already. It's Mercy. Ha ha. It's the Six Red Game Show. Can't forget the name, though. Got Jazz Blue Vision DJ break the game code. Ain't no changing up. Ain't no breaking up. We'll pull alive from the Hall Rock Stadium. Ball 14 for the orange or green. We see the Six Red Champs. It's more than a dream. This is life on the field. Beyond 100 yards of hurricane. That's never still put a damage to the What's wrong with us? Seriously. What's wrong with us? We're Miami Hurricanes fans. Welcome to the Six Rings Cane Show, a show dedicated to Miami Hurricane sports, featuring the legendary Larry Bluestein, Jazz Santana, Vish, and Danny Gillette. Let's go Canes. What is going on, everyone? It is Matt. Hopefully, at this point, if you don't know who Matt is, then I don't know what to tell you, but welcome back to the show, Matt. Uh, great to have you here again. Yeah, great to be back, man. I do this show more than any of the shows I have. <laughs> I mean, we keep saying if we keep winning, we'll keep doing it. And, you know, knock on wood, we got a lot more shows left in us, I think. Yeah, well, Jordan Miller personally messaged me and said, I want you guys to keep doing shows, so I'm going to put the team on my back for Texas and we're going to get Okay, let's just go right into it because, like, so the first time, the first time we did a show, you said you were president of the Jordan Miller fan club. And yeah. now, I mean – after the Indiana game, I gave you the floor to, uh, to you know, he did a, a ridiculous job defending one of the best big men in the country, and he's undersized. And I was like, here's the floor to just talk about Jordan Miller. I don't even know what to do this time. The man didn't miss a shot. Like, I, you know what? I'll give you the floor again, but I feel like it needs more, more than that. But at this point, you know what? The floor is yours to just talk about Jordan Miller. I mean, what can you really say when a guy has a perfect game offensively? Literally, what was it? Six for six and then 13 for 13 on free throws? I think it was seven for seven. Oh, seven for seven. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. 20 for 20, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, Christian Leitner was like the only one to ever do that in history, which I don't know if you saw the uh, video of Christian Leitner FaceTiming uh, Jordan Miller. That was kind of cool, uh, even though I'm not the biggest Christian Leitner fan. Um <laughs> I mean, he said he was cheering for Miami, so you know what? Any I know, that's storm, let's let's you know kick all the positivity here and and push it forward. I, I support it. Um, no, but it's it's so crazy because he ended with like twenty seven, right? And I think in the first half he was six for six, like he had you know his six field goal attempts in the uh, first half. The crazy thing is, like, 
we could have gone to him more. Like, because their whole game strategy, they wanted to take away our guards. They wanted to take away Nigel Pack. They wanted to take away Isaiah Wong. They were all over him. Marcus Carr did a really good job on Isaiah Wong. Um, up until, you know, the end of the, uh, close to the end of the game, I think Marcus yeah. Carr got a little banged up. Yeah, he got Norchatted um, is what happened. He messed with the big man and he did not come out well. Yeah, no, he did not come out well. Um, no, they did a pretty good job on our guards. I mean, you saw that from the three-point attempts. We couldn't really create shots with space and stuff. Um, we had to, you know, kind of, and that's the story of this team, just find a way to win, right? We saw it in the Drake game. We won with our defense, you know. Um, they did a good job, you know, scouting on uh, on how our guys like getting shots and whatnot. Um, you know, you saw it with Indiana. You saw it with Houston. You saw it in this game, just finding a way to win the game. Um, but just going back over to Jordan Miller, I mean, their whole game plan was essentially he's going to get whatever he wants. They had Timmy Allen guarding him uh, for a majority of the game. And, I mean, Tim, Tim, Timmy Allen is like 6'4", I want to say. Um, kind of undersized guard and they kind of put him at that four position, you know, due to injuries and whatnot. But I mean, Jordan Miller was taking it to him every single time. Cause I mean, Jordan Miller has a seven foot wingspan, little bit, I would say more athletic uh, and has a very quick step, you know, and I don't, I don't, I think it's hard to guard. And um, I mean, honestly, he could have, he could have probably had 40 if he really wanted to. I think in addition to the things you mentioned, he also, he shoots from so many different angles it's just, yeah. and he's got a great pump fake too. It's just hard, really hard to actually challenge his shot. Yeah, as, it's it's not just athleticism. Test. It's yeah. it's he's so crafty. Once he gets to the rim, he knows how to utilize angles and like how to use space or create space for that matter. Um, and I mean, he's he's improved as a jump shooter too. I don't think he. I mean, he didn't make a three this game, but I think he can well, well, consistently. No one, no one did basically. So. Yeah, look, I mean, no look one at, did. Look at Nigel hit but, uh, yeah. threes, and that was it. Yeah, but basically, like, as a defender, when you know that in the scouting report, this guy can actually consistently hit this shot now, it just makes it that much harder, you know? Um, but, I mean, and then defensively, he had that one deflection steal. I think it was – I don't remember how much time was left. It was, like, one of the last possessions that Texas had. Right. Um, and, I mean, just doing it on both sides of the floor. So, um, I'm – Always going to be the president um, of the Jordan Miller Clan Club. I think your boat is very crowded at this point, but you were there first. I know. I was. I will. Everyone can come on. (laughs) Everyone can come on. I mean, mean, if we're letting Christian Leitner on the boat, then certainly any Canes fans are welcome to join. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I will say, in in contrast to the Drake, I thought Drake did a good job taking away our driving, but we also we just shot like crap. We were getting looks. Yeah, and and missing them like Wong couldn't throw in the ocean. Even Jordan Miller was missing. I mean, we actually talked about this after that game, like that. And and Wong hit this shot multiple times against Texas. His little baseline jumper is yeah, really automatic, and he missed. He, it. he must be like he must be like eighty five percent from that shot from out of bounds plays and everything. Multiple times, Jordan Miller's little like fade in the lane that he always makes. He missed against Drake. So I think that was a combination of. You know, they they took away our easiest offense and then our secondary offense, we're just missing shots. This game, Texas was basically like, they're not going to shoot threes. Um, And they crowded us off the line. It didn't work. We scored 88 points. (laughs) Um, But it was uncomfortable for us to watch because it wasn't our normal game. But I think, like you called out earlier, that's where the versatility of the team comes in because 
if you're going to crowd out on our guards and crowd, like you said, Jordan Miller can knock the three down, crowd out on him, they're going to go past you. They're quicker than you. And mm-hmm. and I think early on we were attacking inside, and, and that's how I got the seven nothing lead. It was all off the dribble, and and attack the rim a lot. Some of it was Jordan Miller, of course. Um, yeah. And then you know it was really just a barrage of three pointers from them was why they had the lead. They were just until the last ten minutes lights out, just wouldn't miss anything because we were yeah. shooting what sixty something percent and losing. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know that. I think the the, the defense took us out of shooting three-pointers, scored 88 points. I don't know that it necessarily even worked. It was just yeah, uncomfortable no. for us. Yeah, it was definitely like you could tell they were overplaying and, you know, which opened up, you know, the drive and, and whatnot. I mean, and led to the free at, throws as well because then they had yeah. some overhelp and foul. It was all related to the way they were playing the three-point line. But I think for them, they're like, they're not going to kill us with these. You know how hard it is to score 88 points when you made two three-pointers? Like unbelievable. Yeah. unbelievable. Well, not for us. <laughs> well, yeah, apparently not. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's a it's a it's a strange performance. Um, I, I do want to ask you a couple. We're gonna we're obviously gonna talk about Connecticut, but there's a couple other things I want to unpack here a little bit. So I think in the preview we talked about you know how do the AJ Casey Anthony Walker minutes split? You know how much time can we give them? Sometimes it's a matter of just surviving the minutes with them on the floor. In the second half, Coach Ellis said zero minutes. Um, they did not come off the bench. What do you think about that? That was the adjustment um, from the first. The first half, it was rough when Anthony Walker was in there. Yeah. It was rough, and it was and it was rough when AJ Casey was in there. So he just abandoned ship with them. Like, nope. Yeah, we'll go small. Well, what what do you think about that decision? I I think that he saw what Texas was doing. We talk about like over committing to jump shooters and overplaying, um, and he realized, okay, we're gonna have to initiate offense by driving. And you can't really do that when you have Anthony Walker or AJ Casey in. They're kind of, I mean, there's times where Anthony Walker will know when to cut and stuff, but there's other times where it's like, it's just another guy kind of in the lane getting in the way if you're trying to drive in. Um, I think that's why he kind of went that route. And obviously too, the guys that we stuck with, you know, like Bensley and, you know, our other guards off the bench, they can create their own shot. It might not be as, you know, at a high level as some of the other guys, but they can still take people off the dribble, you know? So I yeah. think that's kind of where the adjustment was made. I, I think it was probably also a trust thing. Like, frankly, yeah. we've talked about Anthony Walker's up and down play, and it was down. Um, and he was also not positioning well defensively. And I think Coach Ellis was like, forget this. Um, and and basically said, we're going to go. Because you mentioned Bensley Joseph. I mean, he's someone that Coach Ellis trusted to close games out multiple times. So this is... He's not a co-starter because the starters log most of the minutes, and and he's clearly the sixth man, but he's a trusted player. And then, I mean, Beverly had a couple of uh, not-so-great moments too, but I think he's tr- he's someone that generally Coach L trusts. And I think one of the issues with Casey and, and Walker is they had lost out there. It wasn't just that you know they weren't contributing. Texas was going at them, posting them up bringing them into the play and, and, and generating offense off of them. And then, like you said, they were messing up the spacing on, on, on defense. So I think that was kind of the, yeah. So I think they played a combined uh, seven minutes in the first half, even though we can talk about coach L's decision to basically sit nor Chad most of the first half to avoid foul trouble. Um, Cause after he got the first one, he sat him a lot. Um, and in the second half, it was, it was no minutes <laughs> for, for those two. So uh, it was an interesting decision there um i guess you think that's you know something we might see again here um against connecticut 
you know, once we, I mean, I know we're going to go into the Connecticut thing. I'm like teetering back and forth between this just because like the Yukon bigs, it's just, it's, it's different. Um, the team is structured differently. I mean, Texas was essentially playing like four guys that can take you off the dribble and then like a five man that, you know what I mean? Like Dylan Mitchell isn't a guy that can create for himself. You know what I mean? It was another like athletic big essentially. So UConn's a, a built a little different. I mean, they play, you know, more, I, I don't even know how to break down the team essentially, but I mean like a uh, caravan, they're starting four man, you know, he's a shooter, but he doesn't really kind of create for himself. So it's just kind of like a different, different um, mix of personnel, if that makes sense. Um, I do think that we'll, we probably will see Anthony Walker and AJ Casey a little more um, unless, I mean, I don't know. Coach L does this for a living for a reason. So, you know, that's kind of my initial thought. Yeah. And, and we'll deep dive more into UConn in a minute. Cause I don't, I don't know that we're done with Texas yet. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was just kind of a little bit of a, that, that was something that really stood out to me. That was, that was one of his, I think probably his biggest halftime adjustment was just to refuse. Cause you know, he tried to protect Norchad from fouls, but he picked up three relatively quick <laughs> in the yeah. second half. So he was at four fouls and, you know, that was where normally you'd see Walker Casey come in instead he went small. Um, I guess the, the other thing I wanted to kind of touch on from that game is um, the the resiliency here. I mean, that that did not feel comfortable at all most of the game. Um, and it felt like when the Hurricanes would make a few plays and and it would start they'd start to get some momentum, like Texas would come right back. They had so yeah. many threes and I think there was one one sequence where um, Wong had a little pull up jumper and it rolled all the way in, came out, and then they ended up beating us down the court and threw an alley oop, and it was like a four point swing. And at that point, it was an eight point game. Like, oh, we can get down to six. It's back up to ten now. And it's, that happened so many times, and the team still got up off the mat and gutted the game out in the end. How? Do, I mean, where? First of all, where is this coming from? And is this something that you know? you saw coming because to be honest in the middle this most of the losses this year came from blowing games at the end of them games that they control most of the game and this is like the second time that the opposite has happened in four games yeah well i think that the team i mean obviously that happened i mean it was like early i mean some of it was in later acc play but i think that the team is finally in a position because you you look at our squad and it's a lot of guys that can create for themselves right and there's always this balancing act of, you know, guys are going to want to create for themselves, but you also want to get your teammates involved. And I think we've reached this like equilibrium of like guys know who to give it to. Like last last game against Texas, it was Jordan Miller. Like they knew he had a mismatch. Isaiah Wong had some shots at the end of the game. Um, and I think that's the difference between us and some of these other teams. I mean, you look at what Texas was doing at the end of the game. Marcus, uh, Marcus Carr had the ball at the end of the game. Timmy Allen was posting up Bensley Joseph, which, I mean, he burned us in that post, like probably it was like three or four straight possessions. It was either a foul or, you know, he would make like a little leaner, create space. Um, so I think it's, it's kind of that, you know, we've been in these scenarios before we've been in close games. We know how, you know, to play one off one, one another, um and once you have that experience i mean it goes a long ways you know in a tournament like this where there's i mean there's only close games you know you might win by double digits but the game you know at the end can you know 
be determined by a few possessions. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think we do have to kind of um, – Texas did play a role in their own downfall there. Oh, absolutely. It, was, it, it wasn't just the Canes. But I will say, and, you know, this was something that was talked about a lot at halftime, they just weren't missing. And they're not mm-hmm. the greatest three-point shooting team. And a lot of that was just regression to the mean, like them not missing a three-pointer or whatever in the first half. Um, part of it was frankly the defense. Uh, we talked yeah, about no, there we talked is... about the better defense that the Kansas were playing. That did not show up in the first half, but also no. Even if you leave people open, they miss sometimes. They weren't missing yeah. anything. And I think in the second half, they pretty much missed everything. I gotta say, Serge Barry Rice has one of the best pump fakes I've ever seen in my life. Um, and we fell for it like at least like three or four times, which led to like a mid-range or just you know, defensive breakdown. I know he hit a couple threes off it too. So that was the main thing from the start, from the first half. You know, we fell for those pump fakes. We overreacted. We over, uh, we closed out too hard and, you know, it led to some sort of breakdown, but I think that got shirt up a little bit more in the second half. Yeah. And I think also, I think going small helped with that a little bit because we were able to switch everything. Like if, if, and I don't, this is not always a good idea because it gets very undersized because even as a power forward, Jordan Miller's undersized. Um, Mm -hmm. But when we go to that five guard set with the, with with, generally because Omir's in foul trouble, always will be on the court. Um, But when we go to that five guard set and it is kind of like either Joseph or Beverly in, you can switch everything. Like you don't have to even worry about the screens because it's like for like switches. And I think we're able to do that a little bit, which settled the defense because they were doing, they were, they they were doing an excellent job of coming off the screen and making an extra pass. It was like the second Mm -hmm. pass that was opening up the three point our rotations were a little slow, but also it's just, you know, we, we're, we have bigs rotating out to, to three point shooters. It's not a great, great, great thing to begin with. So they did it. I think they did a really good job of dissecting how to be effective off of that. And our counter to that was to, to, um, to play smaller and, and then just switch it versus trap it. And then once yeah. they started missing shots, then we start trapping it again. It is kind of, yeah. Cause that is the thing when we, when we play that, when they, when, when they run a screen and roll, like we trap the hell out of it. That is, that is how we play that generally play yeah. that defense. Norchad's really good at it and they found a way to exploit it. No. Yeah. It's good. I mean, they were getting the ball out really quick, uh, especially like you referenced in those hard hedged situations in the pick and roll um, definitely in the first half, but yeah, no, the, the adjustments made, I mean, it took away a big thing that they were doing to get open shots. And I think that's why you saw us have so much more success in the half court. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, the amount of like, I know we're, we're a good shooting team and one of the best offensive teams in the country, just the balls on these guys that just continuously knock down the mid range shots. I mean, these are, these are, I know we're used to I, – I, I keep saying this about our team. We're used to watching them. So some of the stuff they do that is extraordinary looks normal to us because we've been watching it for like 30 games now. Just, like college players don't consistently knock down mid-range shots. Our entire team was just, you're going to crowd the three-point line, I'm going to drive and pull up for the mid-range and knock it down time and time again. Wong, Poplar, <laughs> Pack, Jordan Miller obviously didn't miss. Like yeah. that, that also swung in the game. I think once they adjusted to – I do think there were some forced three-point shots. And then, um, well, actually not that many. We shot eight in total. But I think they were hunting for them and maybe not even getting them yeah. off. Um, and once they said, no, we can go around them. And, and you know, we don't have to go all the way to the rim because our mid-range game is strong. We just we, we paper-cutted them to death, essentially, in the second half. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I just I just remember that one. I think uh Wuga got an offensive rebound and he was like dribbling it out and he noticed no one was near him and he's like, Oh well, this is my shot, and he just drilled like a mid-range right off the offensive rebound. And I'm like, Yeah, I, mean, that's I, I a think shot. that was that was the one again. Texas did such a good job of scouting. Um we love to run that alley oop off the back end and they yeah. they almost double teamed it and knocked the ball away and then we got lucky it, it found Wuga. Um, yeah, it's because like they, they switched to a zone. I think it was yeah. for for a little bit, and they love that. Yeah, that alley-oop to Isaiah Wong. It was one yeah, of the best they, plays last year that we yeah, would run. Yeah, yeah, and they they were all they 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 came out with a good plan, and then uh, again we keep saying we're hard to guard, we're hard to beat, and eventually adjusted <clears> and kind of took it took it to them. And I what I forget what the game ended on. I want to say got thirty one to fourteen run or something ridiculous like that to to close the game out. It was. You know, the last eight minutes was just a complete wipeout by us. So, yeah, it's impressive. It's impressive. It was. And uh, um, so you got anything? I, I mean, I'll, I'll give you the floor again. If there's anything else on Texas you want to touch on before we pivot here. No, I think I'm I'm think I'm good. I think we covered everything. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, before we do that, let me uh, do a little sponsored ad read here. Um, so this is a new sponsor for us. It's Better Edge. Um, pull this up. So Better Edge, it is, it's the, what it is is it's a little bit different way to kind of wager on, on sports. Rather than having a, a house set the line and, and, a, and a, you know, have, have that, that situation, um, instead you propose what you want to bet and – someone else accepts it it's basically a market a betting market so if someone else accepts it then you now have a wager at that line against someone else you're not betting against the house um which has the edge bonus of making it legal in 45 states so so because you're just doing it an exchange there um so it's a kind of a cool way to do it and we do we are running a special with them you look at the bottom if you go to betteredge.com five reasons you'll get twenty dollars for free to, to place a bet and um, they are also running a Final Four special, um, a Florida-based one. I mean, we haven't even talked about the absurdity of FAU being there. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we are running a special there uh, with Better Edge and Five Reasons. If you place a bet on or, or against a Florida team, you can win a $100 bonus. Um, and then there's also a free pick contest if you hop in there. And then if you get that correct, you win 200 bucks. So not, not a bad deal there. That one's free to join. So. Again, visit our sponsor at betteredge.com slash five reasons. And uh, yeah, good luck if, if you if you choose to partake. All right, man. Actually, uh, you know what? We got this comment earlier and uh, this is, oh, yeah. this, this is, I mean, what the hell, dude? Miami's in the final four. <laughs> like, 
let's go. Like, honestly, indeed, let's go. Honestly, I think we were both like, you know, kind of optimistic about this season. Right. But did you think that they were going to make the final four? Like how confident if I told you they would be in the final four, would you believe me? I would believe it wasn't unbelievable, but mm-hmm. I mean, I, uh, I mean, this is kind of stupid because we all pick Miami in our brackets because we're homers, but do we actually yeah. believe it? That's a different question. Uh, yeah, I still don't believe it um, in that sense, but like on paper, I think one of the weird things here is just, I don't know that obviously by seed number, we've had three upsets in a row. But like after the Houston game, and, and you gave me some confidence going in, like saying this is a good matchup, we're gonna we're gonna handle them easily, and we did. Um, and you see all the headlines, Miami big upset, and I'm like, I does I I kind of I back our guys to win games, like they always win games. Like what are we talking yeah. about? But I think I, I think we're probably less surprised knowing what this team is made of and watching them play all year than like a neutral observer would be. I'm thinking, why is the five seed? But we, I mean, we only lost a handful of games this year. It wasn't like normally an ACC team with this resume is a one seed. So I, I think it's kind of, you know, the ACC was down. And, and fair play because Pitt's the only one that got out of the first weekend other than us. So maybe it was bad, but we just happened to be good mm-hmm. in a bad conference. Um, um, so, yeah, it's still it's still kind of shocking just – it's one of those things you you know you think about and you think maybe one day and then what's actually happening it is kind of like wow this is really happening. I remember where there was like it was I think the last it might have been when Wooga was going to the line at the end or whatever and it just like dawned on me because I saw like the cheerleaders like getting up ready to storm the court. I'm like this is this is really happening. This is this is gonna happen. Like unbelievable. What about you? Where where are you at on this? Yeah, man, it's 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 crazy. I don't know like. I mean, if you asked me a couple years ago or if I thought Miami would make a final four, I don't know what I would say to that. Um, But at the start of the season, I mean, I felt confident that we could, you know, um, definitely be like the best team in the ACC. And I wasn't sure, you know, the tournament's just so weird. You know what I mean? Obviously, I have every confident, all the confidence in uh, Coach L and, you know, the players and stuff. But it's just like you never know what could happen. Um, But to me, it's like looking at the journey. Of like, you know, we beat, I mean, start off Drake, you know, a lot of people pick that upset. And then you look, we got Indiana next. It's not like, you know, the 13 seed, you know, uh, uh, upset, you know, Indiana, we were playing them or something. And then we got Houston and then we got Texas. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just, it's just crazy. It's just crazy how it worked out and seeing the journey. And I mean, I'm proud of these guys no matter what, because they've done something that no other Miami Hurricane team has done. Um, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, the job's not finished, right? So, yeah, and I, I think that's and and quite fly to your question. We're gonna definitely do a big breakdown on on UConn, so we'll address that as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I think you know, if if it doesn't go well this weekend, I think we'll be, you know, a month or two from now, we'll reflect on the accomplishment. It's gonna be hurting back because we're in position here to to win the championship. I, I mean, I, I, and I think we'll. I think our next game is probably our toughest one. So I, I, I think it would be very disappointing to fail at this stage just because the opportunity is there. But to your point, with all this, the tournament of upsets and, and all that stuff, we have not caught a break. No, that's this what I'm saying. The, high, yeah. the highest possible, we have and, the hardest possible path for a five seed. You look at the other teams there. Um, I forget who SDSU played in the second. Oh, it was uh, Furman. Because Virginia, yeah, they played Furman. Yeah, because Virginia blew a game. FAU got fairly Dickinson in the second round. Um, um, Connecticut got 
got Arkansas in the Sweet 16 because they upset Kansas. Like, they, every other team there has had at least one, like, wow, we're lucky we're playing this team in this round, and we haven't had that at all. Um, not even not even a little bit, like not even getting the three instead of the two, like getting Xavier instead of Texas. We got, we got Texas. We got the two seed, right? It's just, it's the maximum difficulty. Um, yeah. To navigate that is if you told me we would navigate that, maybe that's a different question. It's like, who's navigating that? No one's going to actually have to beat every single highest possible seed to get to the final four, but they did it. Um, yeah. Let's, let's talk, let's talk Connecticut. I know we touched on them a little bit earlier. Um, and so, actually, let's just start with Quiet Flight's questions. So, uh, is UConn quicker than us? How about guard play? Who's better? Yeah, throw that to you, my friend. Yeah, UConn quicker. How about guard play? Um, I'm taking our guards. I've said this, I mean, throughout every show we've done, I'm taking our guards over anyone. They do have talented guards. You know, Jordan Hawkins is a really good player. I think the thing that's the most interesting, they have some guys that come off the bench, too, that are pretty good. There's not much drop off. I mean, they're a pretty deep team. Um, the thing that kind of sticks out to me, though, is like they don't really have that, like, at least in my opinion, that traditional like point guard. Um, Andre Jackson is kind of like a do it all, you know, uh, what's the what's the word utility type guy, you know, similar to like what Jordan Miller was last year. But I think he's, you know, just a little different. Um, he's kind of the one that initiates the offense in the half court. Um, and I would say like you know, it's kind of like a uh, uh, effort by everyone to kind of make plays as well. Um, but I mean, the thing with UConn is they turn the ball over, you know what I mean? Like their guards will turn it over. Andre Jackson will as well. So, I mean, if we're able to create some pressure and force some turnovers and get some points in transition, it would be huge because I think, you know, their half court defense is pretty good. They're a good perimeter guarding team. Um, they're very athletic and they're able to switch a lot of things kind of similar to us. But I mean, I'm taking I'm taking our guards over over anyone. And um, in terms of quickness, I would say, I mean, offensively, they're probably one of the best teams when it comes to uh, transition offense. Um, they are quick. I mean, Sonogo's really quick for his size. Uh, even their backup big that comes off the bench at seven two, Klingon is is pretty quick for how big he is and pretty mobile. Um, so. I would still give the edge to us just because of um, how good our guards are and how quick they are. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough matchup. Yeah. And I, I don't know that I, UConn, you're right. Is good, good in transition, but they're not, I would say tech. I, I saw actually, I randomly, cause UConn went to Albany too. actually saw them play it first while I was waiting for our game to start. Um, they are, I, I thought Texas was, is a much quicker team than they are. Mm-hmm. Um, UConn was just like they're like I mean I've, again they've blown everyone out so they they looked really impressive there was almost like an inevitability about them and their execution um, against Iona they were down at the half and just killed them in the second half St Mary's I think they were up one at the half and then you know flipped the switch um, they so they all their margins have been blowouts by the end of the game they they were at least for a couple of halves they're not necessarily killing people i i didn't view quickness i think hawkins you got to stay home on him yeah he's a great shooter um and then yeah sonogo is is he's much more he 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 has been assisting more in the tournament but he's not a great passer and i think that's you just gotta it's 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 not a it's not a situation where like he i mean i i say this as he kind of did this to gonzaga um but 
it's not a situation where they're going to feed him in the post and he's going to like make plays pass. Yeah. More I mean, it was, it was more of like the way Gonzaga was playing. They were playing way off of Andre Jackson. And so they were basically <laughs> doubling Sonogo. And so, I mean, Andre Jackson's a smart enough player. He's going to cut to the basket and Sonogo got a lot of assists like that. Um, so I think that's kind of where the numbers got it. Cause he had like, didn't he have like an absurd amount? It was like eight or think, nine or something. Yeah, and, I, and I think it was like, I think his, his season high was four going into that game. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was, it's, well, that's what we call an anomaly folks. Um, the other thing, um, I mean, not look, they beat some good teams together. Gonzaga is good. St. Mary's is good. Right. Yeah. Um, they're also not athletic. And I mean, who's is Arkansas the most athletic team they played? Like they're they're, they're yeah. Like, so and, and, is, and I, I wonder saying. if Connecticut's at like one of the like just like when we play on athletic teams, we we match up like we're not. We talked about this actually after India. We're not that point margin better than them, but when we matched up with them, it's a horrible matchup for them. Yeah, and and I felt like UConn has benefited from the two best teams they played were good matchups for them. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I think that, you know, if they do have a weakness, it's when they play against really good guard play, right? Like if you look at their schedule in the Big East, I know they struggled. I think they lost to Marquette like two or three times and whatnot. And Marquette has really good guards. Um, you know, I'm going to take our guards over over anyone, like I said. Um, but, I mean, you look at the teams you referenced. They played against St. Mary's, right? Um St. Mary's is, uh, you know, slow you down our defense. You know, we're not going to have lapses and whatnot. They don't have the most athletic guards. They don't have, you know, Aiden Mahaney was really good as a true freshman, but, you know, they don't have the most like create your own shot type of guards. It's more like set within the offense. Um, Arkansas, you know, they might have NBA talent and whatnot, but they were a terrible three point shooting team. And that's why, you know, it's, it's easy to guard a team when you know, they're not going to be able to make anything from the perimeter. Um, and then who was the last team they played? And then Iona, which I didn't really catch that game, but I mean, what I'm getting at essentially is it's going to be an adjustment for them because they haven't played guards like us that are able to create at such a high level. Yeah. And, and I think we're going to see that right at the start. It's adjustment for every team to play us. Cause you mm-hmm. don't, you don't really see, Frankly, it's a lot of it is Jordan Miller is a freak and he, he can guard bigs. He's got wingspan to play in the paint and he can also guard guards and, and shoot threes and initiate the offense. Like he's just sticking him on the court is already a matchup problem. And then everyone else around, like I said, quick, the team is well constructed and you don't play anyone like that. And for UConn, the, the jump is even more because they've, again, been playing. I mean, just hit a string of teams that don't really have the athleticism to to handle them. Um, and like, like we, 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 I, I agree with you. I think our guards are better than theirs. The other thing I'm looking at is that I'm going back to, to your boy, Jordan Miller here. Caravan has struggled defensively a lot this year. And That's what I wanted to talk about and, and, and that, that I'm assuming he's going to have to try and check. Your, well, I'll just give it to you since you want to talk. So about this is, yeah, this is more of a discussion I wanted to have because you, I was looking at like, you know, our five, their five, the matchups. And I'm like, okay, um, their two guards are probably going to take um, Nigel and Wuga, right? But then, I mean, Isaiah, they are probably want to put Andre Jackson. He's probably their best defensive player, you know, and he has that length. And I think he he's pretty athletic. He's quick for how, how big he is. I think he's 6'6 or 6'7. He yeah. looks bigger because he's so long. Um, 
that's who I think that they're going to probably put on on Zay. Um, and if he's guarding him, I mean, you're going to put Caravan on Norchad? Like, that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? So, I mean, either way, like, Jordan Miller has another mismatch. And I'm taking him. I mean, Caravan, you know, sh- plays well as a, as a freshman. But, I mean, that's a mismatch I'll take every day, all day. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think it's going to just be whoever he guards is probably where you attack. Like, Wilga can get yeah. past him pretty easily, too. If they decide to try and hide him there, definitely, like, pack. And, and Zay can smoke him as well. So, I think that is kind of the the <laughs> exploitable part of their defense. Because um, he... I mean, they've had to pull him out of games at times this year because he couldn't defend, and he's going to have to guard one of the four guys we mentioned, so I don't know how exactly he's going to do that. Yeah, well, and then that's my thing. So, like, do they go Do they go smaller? Do they bring in four guards? Do they, um, like, what do they end up doing? Um, that's going to be the interesting part, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm sure they'll start with their starting, their normal starting lineup, but I'm, I mean, look, they're, they're here for a reason, so I'm sure they've already like kind of gamed this out. All right, if this isn't working, what's Plan B? Yeah. Right. And 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 speaking of that, like, so one of the things that helped turn the game against Indiana was Jordan Miller guarding the center. Do you think we'll? Do you, do you think there's any chance we 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 use him on Sonogo here? Yeah, I mean, I thought about that. I I mean. I wouldn't um, be super. Oh, shout out Michael Doyle. That's one of my boys. Um, you know, I've thought about that. Um, I could see Coach L doing that if, like, he wants to, you know, kind of keep Norchad away from fouling in a way, because I think that's going to be a big thing. Because, I mean, Sonogo's going to be in. Klingon, who, you know, is a really good freshman, he has really impressive stats in the short amount of time that he plays. He's super efficient off the bench. Um, and he, like I said, he's pretty for how big he is for how big he is. He's pretty mobile for that seven, two frame. Um, that's, that's going to be the biggest thing is like, you know, can Norchad stay out of trouble? Cause I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's dealt with that, you know, multiple times this season. And I mean, he's an important piece, um, especially with how physical, uh, UConn does play. I mean, they foul at a very high rate. Um, so, you know, he can't really match that energy because we need him on the court. You know, our bench is not as deep as, as UConn's, um, they, you know, go eight, nine deep, um, without like a ton of drop off. You know, we have some good guys on the bench, but I mean, they, they have, they have eight or nine solid guys that contribute. Yeah. I think, I think the challenge with our bench too, is probably our two best bench players, um, play on the perimeter which is where we're also mm-hmm. <laughs> loaded on the starter side so like you'd be totally fine with like Benjamin Bensley Joseph logging a ton of minutes except for who and then you know it doesn't help the Norchat problem um so so he yeah you're right he's the one guy who like because let's say Jordan Miller gets in foul trouble fine we'll put like Beverly in by some minutes we'll get Bensley yeah in there and I mean all right that's all fine but if Norchad gets in foul trouble. It's Anthony Walker and AJ Casey have to come in or, you know, play play Jordan Miller at at, at center again. And at, yeah. at any, at, I mean, what do you think of we we pulled that lever against Texas? Um, didn't entirely do it against Indiana. We just switched him defensively, but Walker was still on the court. Um, those were kind of the two times that we had to protect Nor- that Norchad was in foul trouble in this tournament. How would that look? Because Sonogo's a legit big um, that can, you know, do damage in the paint. 
Um, do you think we might see that kind of small ball lineup? And then is it just our, our, us gambling? We're not going to be able to guard you, but you're not going to be able to guard us either. <laughs> so something's yeah. got to give there. Well, and I mean, I, I haven't watched a ton of his game, but um, in terms of Caravan, when you watch his game, you didn't see him post up as much, right? He was more of yeah. like that yeah, no, he's, guy, right? Yeah, he's just he's like more of a spot up shooter. Yeah, so I mean, you could totally put another guard out on him, right? You know, it's just making sure. You know, I don't know how good he is off, off the offensive glass, um, but I mean, because then you have a mismatch on offense as well if he's just a spot up shooter. It's just more of like, you know, can Jordan Miller handle all that with with Sonogo? I think he can. Um, but I mean, well, he's just uh, I, I think what we have to do. And again, somewhat similar to Indiana and Texas is have the offensive mismatch on our end be more exploitable in, on the other end. Oh, like, that's not a, that's a mismatch for both offenses. But which one who, who blinks first on that? We saw this actually. Last year against Arkansas, I mean not Arkansas, Auburn with uh, with Kessler, was yeah. an NBA player. He played him off the court. Yeah, just like all right, we're gonna put Jordan Miller on him. Someone's gonna blink, and it was them. Um, because so I think you could see something similar here. Like you said, they might have to go small at some point to match up. Yeah, well, and I mean that's what teams have done with us in this tournament. They've you know had to match up with what we were doing, and that's how we've won games because we're gonna do what we do best better than you know, teams that are trying to adjust to us, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and please don't even joke about this, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> he made his one, which is his third of the year. I think he's probably done. I think that was yeah. probably the last last three he's ever going to make. Um, it's, it's interesting to me because I, you know, Texas was able to take advantage of how we were playing defense, right? How we were aggressive, hard hedging ball screens and whatnot. I want to see, I feel like we're going to see a lot of pressure to start the game just to kind of see how they handle it, you know, because their guards will turn the ball over. Um, So that's kind of like one of the intriguing things that I'm looking for um, right at the start of the game. Yeah. And I mean, it's still incredible. We won that game because Texas was essentially executing and shooting perfectly. And, and still we won that game because yeah to your point not only did they exploit it they just always were making the shot which again part of it is they're open they're you're much more likely to knock it down when you're open but usually still miss sometimes <laughs> and so I, I yeah if UConn I mean we were right in that game the whole game and then <clears> eventually <throat> won it despite that shooting so you, yeah if UConn turns it over a few times and or you know misses some of those shots all of a sudden you're in a situation where you know, you take take a few points off the board, add a few to hours, and it looks a lot better. So it, it's, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how long. We've gone through so many, I mean, Coach L has done such a great job adjusting. We've kind of on the flight implemented so many changes in, in the middle of these games. Jordan Miller um, against Indiana, just switching defensively. Um, against uh, Houston, you know, Anthony Walker played well. <laughs> Got a lot of minutes, right? He he bought some minutes for us there, and then against um, Texas, nothing from him really, and and going small to to stay in the game. So, I mean, he's got all these tools in his tool belt. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see what what he's got in store for for Connecticut here. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know, man. This this game is just like so intriguing. This one's like the harder to read. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I I thought I, I thought we were done. Um. <laughs> oh, I, I did too. I was like, and yeah, I did one good. of those. I did one of those like texts in my group chat of all my buddies, and I was like, oh, I was like, you know, the reverse like jinx type of thing. Like, yeah. I, I texted them, I was like, oh, RIP, like we're done, it's over. And then, um, literally like thirty seconds later was when the run started happening. So I was like, hey, yeah, it just it. It happened very quickly. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was crazy. So do you think I guess here's a here's another question and we'll do some predictions. Um so we've kind of we have seen kind of a spread of lineups. Do you think we're gonna see anything different that we haven't seen in this tournament yet? You mean on our end or on their end? On on our end. Because I think on their end there's a high likelihood at some point they're playing small. I mean, we don't even we don't really play that many guys. Like, I don't I don't really think that we would see a lineup that we haven't really seen that much. You know what I mean? Because we went small yeah, last it's, game, so it's something yeah. we could see. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I, don't, I don't. I mean, think do you think so. we might see something like? I guess, assuming it doesn't go as poorly as the last game, you think we'll see more minutes for for Casey or, or Walker or something in this game? I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't, I, cause like, it's, it's like going to be like a chess match, you know, with, with, uh, coach Hurley and coach L. I mean, it's just because of like their depth, you know, um, obviously we know who's going to start the game. It's going to be the same guys that have been starting, but like seeing how they make adjustments on their end, if they end up going smaller, if they end up, you know, uh, keeping caravan in a lot more. Um, it's it's just going to be interesting to see. I, I just really don't know what this one, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a tough one to get a read on. Um, I mean, one of the biggest other things we haven't even talked about this is keeping them off the offensive glass. I mean, they're the yeah. second highest um, offensive rebounding team in terms of uh, offensive rebound percentage um, in college basketball, and a lot of that is Sonogo and um, Andre Jackson. Uh, and then Klingon when he comes off off the bench, um, so that's a big yeah, thing. I think is, we've done overall a good job for how undersized we are of like getting well, rebounding. Yeah, we've done a good job of yeah our guards getting there and just you know being athletic. So it's it's a concerted effort though to, to yeah. do that. Um, so that we got we got to do that. And then again, this is again Norchad foul trouble. I think is the biggest thing here because he's a rebounding machine by himself and. Part of that is him not being in foul trouble and be able to. I mean, he goes for every rebound, sometimes not wisely, and that's where some of his fouls come from. But he has like a sixth sense of just locating the ball um, and getting there first and getting it. And so, you yeah. know, if he stays out of foul trouble early where he's able to freely attack the glass, then, you know, it'll mitigate some of their, their rebounding edge. But if he's in foul trouble and or, you know, has to sit because of it. That's where, because I think, you know, again, certainly in the end of the Texas game, he was not as aggressive as normal. Um, mm-hmm. And smartly, because we don't want to foul out, but it does then, it did allow them to get a few offensive boards down the stretch that they weren't getting earlier when, in particular, the beginning of the, the second half when he was, oh, we have one foul. Woo. And then, like, 10 minutes later, he got four yeah. now, buddy. Um, I think, I think, too, um, in terms of like, like when Gonzaga was playing UConn, um, whoever was guarding Andre Jackson, um, I think it was usually Timmy would kind of like stay away from him, like play off. And, you know, I mean, he was able to utilize that. He attacked the offensive glass a lot. I think he had like 
six offensive rebounds, maybe seven or something like that. So, I mean, if we're going to play off of him, it's knowing your personnel. You have to know that he's going to attack the offensive glass no matter what. So, I mean, even if you're playing off him, you got to be able to find him and box him out. Yeah, and that was just, I mean, that whole game, Gonzaga kind of lost their heads there. Timmy, like, picked yeah. up all this foul. Like, they kind of had a little bit of a meltdown, so. Yeah, well, I mean, with Timmy out, that team, they, and that's the other thing, too, like, Gonzaga this year, they did not have the same guards that they usually have had. And I think that's why, you know, they have, you know, they have guards, a guard like Nemhar, Jalen Suggs or something in this game. Then um, in that last game, it would have been completely different. But I mean, that's where, you know, guard play is so important in the tournament. They control the pace, control uh, the offense. And, you know, I think that's why Gonzaga lost, let alone the, you know, the issues with uh, Timmy getting into foul trouble. Yep. All right, man. So to wrap up here, Mm -hmm. Saturday night. 8.49, 8.49, I guess, is the time. 7.49 yeah. there, so don't don't, don't we'll, screw up the time difference. <laughs> we'll, both, we'll both be there, yeah, yeah, man. Yes, yes, we will both be there. Uh, that's why I said don't screw up the time difference, because uh, I guess you'll just miss, like, the first half of FAU <laughs> San Diego State or something instead of a scare game. But, um, all right, man. So, yeah, we'll both be there. Are, are we doing a finals preview show on Sunday? That's my, that um, my cue for you to do a prediction. <laughs> I... I'm taking Miami 79-75. I was trying to think of a good number. What sounded good? Oh, man. God, I, I mean, I keep saying, God, it's just like the, the stress. Um, yeah, I, I think we're going to win because I think they haven't played any close games, and part of it's because they've been playing that well. I just – I look back through – Watch some. I mean, I actually saw some of their stuff in person again randomly because they were at Albany and it was the same ticket. Um, and then, uh, um, and then watching them last weekend, they look impressive. But I'm also looking at the opponents, and their opponents do not. Um, yeah, it's a I very, won- very high contrast to what they've been playing. I mean, right. maybe some similarities to Arkansas, but still, like that's not. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but Arkansas was an eight for a reason. Like this is yeah. they they kind of they missed what would have been their toughest game, and then. I do wonder if UCLA hadn't had won that game, if they would have had a much tougher time because UCLA is more physical and athletic and could have probably, you know, challenged them a little bit more. I thought Gonzaga played a horrible game from strategy to execution to everything. And part of that is UConn. Part of that is Gonzaga. They laid an egg in that game. Um, So I think part of that is the, uh, the, uh, I think there's, there's definitely that, um, that, they, that they haven't been tested because of the competition. It's almost like they got an easier path here. They, well, everyone had an easier path than we did because we literally played the toughest game possible in every round. Yeah. But we also played some like really teams that almost on paper should be bad matchups for us and got through them anyway. They haven't really hit that yet, and so that's why I, I like us in this game. I think they're, I think they're probably a tad overconfident. Everyone is picking them. Um, just like every round for us, everyone's yeah, picking yeah. the other team. Yeah, even like you mentioned, even Drake, it was probably about 50-50. And ever since then, it's been pretty much very one-sided um, mm-hmm. against us. And, you know, they're feeling themselves a little bit. And once they get hit in the mouth, how are they going to respond? I wouldn't be surprised if we win comfortably, to be honest. Like, they haven't been challenged yet. Um, now, that that involves us shooting well, right? Yeah. The, the, thing, the thing I really like about teams is why I'm fairly confident we'll win. We have so many, we have like a Swiss army knife of offense. And if one of the, the tools doesn't work, we take another one out. And we saw against Texas, they took our three pointer away. And 
you know what? <laughs> All right, we'll go in the paint on every play, and you'll either foul us or we'll score. Um, yeah. And 88 points later, <laughs> job done, right? So I think yeah. – I honestly, I, I mean, I'm tipping a little bit, but I think we're the best team in the country. It's going to show up in the next two games. So I'm, I'm going to take, take us to win that game. And I don't know that it'll be – I think – I'm curious to see – I guess there's uh, actually did a radio interview today and talked about this. There's the alternative that they're actually as good as they've looked and they come out and just impose their will. And it's not a fun time for us. Right. I mean, they have (laughs) been killing everyone. So I don't want to just completely dismiss that as a possibility, but I wasn't impressed with their competition to get to the final four. Um, And I think this is a big step up for them, which is to our advantage. We've been tested. We also have been, I know this is new for us to be in the final four, but we're also the only team that was in the elite eight last year. Mm-hmm. I know UConn, UConn is a blue blood. They lost in the why, first round last year. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah, yeah. These kids have not. like they. And then Kevin Ollie, they were going through a, a rough patch there. Um, so, like, insta- like, the UConn, the brand, routinely makes the Final Four, wins national championships. This program, like, the, this team, and for the last several years has not been there. It'd be like if our football team ended up in the playoffs. <laughs> right? It's yeah. like except we've had a much longer drought than their basketball team, but similar in that, like, okay, <laughs> Miami in the playoffs sounds right, but this, this program hasn't been near here in a while. Right. So it's kind of, it's kind of, that's the way I view it there. And I actually think we, we actually have more experience, even though it's our first mm-hmm. time in the final four, we've been in a lot more high leverage games. Um, so I, that's why I like us. Uh, yep. Uh, Anthony, how, how crazy do you think I mean? I mean, I got a few minutes left because my boy Jazz is here. By the way, everyone, stick around at 8 p.m. What time is it now? It's 7. Yes. So the 8 p.m. show I'm doing. I got three shows going tonight, but we're doing triple the, header. Yeah, yeah. Jazz and I are doing hitting the apex. That's our Formula One show. If you're if you're interested, uh, stay on this channel, not this feed. Go find it on the Five Reasons Sports Channel. We're gonna preview the Australian Grand Prix. So, um, but yeah, a couple of questions on FAU Miami here. I mean, it would it's, be it's, nuts, it's been so bizarre that like we've been ta- like made this week's this team multiple times. The lead at last year, we've been like tap dancing around there. We get there and it's like FAU was here. What the hell are they? Let them in. <laughs> uh, I will say, like, I think I'd rather play San Diego State just because the 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 pressure of even the slightest possibility of losing the championship game to FAU. Oh man. Like I just, I I don't want to have players have to deal with that. It's just, it's, you'll you'll never live that down. And this is the problem, right? They're really good. (laughs) So it's not like, it's not like you're showing up and they're overmatched. You'd have to blow it to lose. No, they can just flat out beat you. They're good. So it's, it's like I don't need that added FAU pressure on top of that because they're they're a very it's good team. Like, They've lost yeah. three games this year. Three. Like they're really good. Like they're they are if they were if we didn't know they were the commuter school from Boca Raton, like we would be like, yeah, no, it makes sense. That team lost three games this year. Of course they're here. Um, it's the brand FAU that's like, whoa, what's going on here? And so like Well and the fact that how they're doing it, like they have a super deep squad for like, you know, a team and they're in Conference USA, right? That's what the conference is. Yeah. It's it's insane that they can play that many guys. And, you know, I know they have a few key transfers from uh, other D1 schools, but it's it's nuts. And the fact that a lot of them are underclassmen, too. Like, Well, I mean, 
we'll see how many of them are at FAU next year. But um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> such is life. But just like the the pressure for a Miami team to show up in the championship game and have to and see FAU standing there again, a good team. So it's not. You know, in theory, you'd love to show up there and see FAU there. It's like, they're about to win the championship, except they're actually good. So um, I'd rather I mean, have a different brand there. Could you imagine if it was my, I mean, Miami versus FAU in the championship? Or if it's San Diego State, like, I mean, the viewership, like from a national scale, what that would be. <laughs> I mean, they've had similar, like Butler, Connecticut was not exactly a needle mover. I mean, there's been, and they also then pl- proceed to play like the worst game of basketball anyone's ever seen. So, you know, there's been um, there's been some, yeah, but this one will probably be. Although, again, South Florida loves a winner. Like you saw at the airport today, they got the fire hose salute. Like, I think actually all things considered, if it's going to be a non-traditional school, one from a huge metropolitan area, will at least get them some eyeballs um, yeah. that they wouldn't otherwise get if it was like a small school with no fan base. So yeah, could be worse. All right, we I we do have another show. I have another show. Eight, You're good, let's, man. Why, why don't we get out of here with Anthony's questions? If you want to address this stuff in terms of recruiting, do we have a chance to get the top, the top five basketballers? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that, it, you know, whenever you're able to make it this far in the tournament, it's, you know, even if Miami loses or whatnot, it definitely increases relevance because you, you know the brand name and whatnot. And I think NIL, too, is another plus. But, I mean, I think the thing that Coach L most regards just from the past few seasons before these runs is that he's going to look for fit first. You know what I mean? It's not all about stars. It's about fit. Um, I think he loves building via transfers and stuff. I mean, he's had so much success with it and all of his teams that made it deep into the tournament. Um, So I think that's the biggest thing overall. But I think, I mean, in terms of recruiting, yeah, it's definitely going to help whoever with whoever we're looking at, even in the transfer market as well. Yeah. And again, I think he's more concerned with fit than the the stars. Um, And I I mean, the really the only five star we've ever got is Lonnie Walker. So yeah um was it, it wasn't earl uh earl timberlake a five? Oh yeah he was he was yeah. not doing that well yeah. um <laughs> hopefully hopefully brian's doing all right yeah yeah um all right man so based on our predictions we'll be hooking up on sunday to uh well we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna beat up anyway this week because we're both in houston but uh yeah we'll be doing a show on sunday previewing the national championship game sounds good sounds good All right. All right, everyone. Thanks for staying tuned again. Same channels hitting the apex coming up right now. I'm actually late to my own show, but uh, (laughs) all right, stay tuned because after that, we do have another Kane show, which I'm sure we'll talk basketball as well. So anyway, we're going to have a great night. Matt, thanks as always for joining me and uh, we'll talk soon. See you later, man. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rigs Kane Show. (laughs) You know... Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.